0: Bringing hope to the world, that is the church. It's not the building. It's not the programs. It's not an institution. It's a living, breathing representation of our Creator God in the world and amongst everyone in it. This fantastic clip was highlighting the church as the outward facing group shows Jesus to the world. Those who don't yet know God, that is the critical role of the church after being connected to God ourselves. Well, have you ever seen a circumstance where somebody or something was perhaps misrepresented or presented in a way that maybe they weren't so keen on? Well, I don't know if any of you would remember, but about two years ago, there was a beautiful scene where the Norwegian royal family was presenting themselves as the, uh, well, the royal family on the balcony of their beautiful palace in Oslo. And I think it was the monarch's 80th birthday. And all the family was there, and they were looking absolutely amazing. And in the middle of this moment, a young 11-year-old prince, the grandson of the monarch, by the name of Spare Magnus, let out a very noticeable dab. (laughs) And for those of you who don't know what a dab is, you can look it up. I really don't want to do a dab (laughs) on the stage this morning. (laughs) And his maybe sisters or cousins were standing really close to him, and they kind of started chattering, and then one of the girls did her own little subtle dab, And then the prince did a bit of a wave, and one more little dab. There you go, that one was for free. (laughs) Not how the royal family of Norway would have wanted to present themselves to not only their people, but the world, I'm sure of it. They were all still smiling, but probably because they couldn't see the grandson up the other end, and maybe they watched YouTube later, just like some of us have. Well, today's topic, present Christ to everybody always, is a pretty important topic of something that we would be, have the privilege of presenting in our lives and unlike many examples we could think of, we have the ultimate example of how to present Christ to others around us. We don't need to look any further than Jesus himself. After all, it's his life that we are looking to emulate and be like and share with everyone around us. And it's so helpful that he actually spoke about this task of ours to share him with others. He gave us instructions, and we're going to start there. And often this happens. I love how this happens in church. I'm sure it happens in lots of churches. You prepare something and some, somebody else gets up before you and says something to really consolidate it or support it, that we are united in um, what God wants us to focus on today. So Jeff already mentioned the, um, the verses that I'm going to share, and that's the Great Commission. And I just thought that was perfect. Thank you, Jeff, for going there already. So we're going to read that together. It's from Matthew 28, and you'll see it on the screen, or you can open your Bibles, or go to the U Version app, and you can follow along with the sermon notes there. Matthew 28, 16 to 20, it's referred to as the Great Commission. Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. And when they saw him, they worshipped him. But some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptising them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always, even to the very end of the age. To discover what Jesus was referring to here when he said... um, to teach others to obey all that I have commanded you. I want to now look at Matthew 22, because I think that really clarifies in a very succinct way um, what Jesus is referring to. Matthew 22:36 36 to 39, Jesus is answering a question about the most important commandment and what it might be, and he says this. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbour as yourself. I think this passage is an excellent example of simple, but not necessarily easy. Because if we just look at it in essence, it's saying, Love God with everything that you have, everything about you, nothing held back. And follow that up by putting others before yourself, making them a priority. over over you. Jesus also was referring to more than just his spoken words when he talked about his commandments because any commands he gave were a verbal expression of how he lived. So it has to include his actions as we read through the New Testament, through the part of the Bible that uh, records his life here on earth. We need to take in his actions as part of the the way that we need to live. His whole life was lived out perfectly in fulfilling the commandment of loving God with everything and putting others before before himself. But in doing this, he, he presented himself so very uniquely and differently to what people around him at the time would have expected. Uh, he reached out to groups that weren't necessarily acceptable. We know that he connected, well, with uh, not just men, but women as well, with the rich and the poor, with religious and irreligious, Jews and non-Jews. He connected specifically with tax collectors, a woman caught in adultery, prostitutes, the blind, the lame, A bleeding woman, a group of men with leprosy, a contagious um, disease, children and adults possessed by evil spirits, a Roman centurion, a criminal on a cross, at least three dead people. Gets pretty crazy and radical in the pages of the Bible. It's outrageous the things that Jesus did to connect with those who were far from God for those who were not connected to him but needed to know a new way to live, the way of God's kingdom. For Jesus, it wasn't his day job. It was what he lived and breathed for and also what he died for. He was the ultimate example of including others, even to the point of losing his reputation. We need to keep that in mind when we present Jesus. He's not going to be... What people expect most of the time, which is, I think, a good thing. Some key words we can't overlook. In verse 18, Jesus first says, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. And it's only then does he go on to say, therefore go and make disciples of all nations. It is never going to be our goodwill, our hard work or our intelligence, or anything else that we have within us that is going to present Christ in the best way, most effectively, to others. Let's look at his authority in Philippians 2, verses 5 to 11. And think the same way that Christ Jesus thought. Christ was truly God, but he did not try to remain equal with God Instead, he gave up everything and became a slave when he became like one of us. Christ was humble. He obeyed God and even died on a cross. Then God gave Christ the highest place and honoured his name above all others. So at the name of Jesus, everyone will bow those in heaven, on earth, and under the earth. And to the glory of God the Father, everyone will openly agree, Jesus Christ is Lord. All throughout the Bible... Jesus' authority as creator is evident. In both the Old Testament and the New Testament, Jesus is there. He was with God as one. They were unified in the creation of the world. During his earthly ministry, he showed authority over nature, over the animal kingdom, over sickness, sin, even death. And throughout these moments, Jesus wasn't earning his authority. He was showing it. The ultimate sign of that authority was his resurrection, being raised back to life after his death on the cross. And all of this, this whole life ministry of Jesus, everything he did, everything he taught was all for one purpose and so many purposes that flow out of that. But the ultimate purpose was for us to know God Christ is the perfect representation of God. Jesus even said to his disciples when they asked him to show them the Father, he said that if they'd seen him, they had seen the Father. He was what they needed to see our our creator God. The beginning of Colossians says that Jesus is the image of the invisible God. It's written right there, very clearly stated. He is the image of the invisible God. God who we haven't seen yet, but who has definitely, absolutely, and completely been revealed to us in Jesus Christ. Colossians 2.9, from the message, says it this way, which I really love. Everything of God gets expressed in him, Christ, so that you can see and hear him clearly. That's how God has made himself known. And we've all been separated from God by sin. We all are in need of rescuing. No one misses out on that. Jesus said of himself that the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. And he came for all. So we've all been lost and apart from God At one point in our lives. And that's why so many of Jesus' stories and his interactions with people were showing God's plan to reconnect with them, those who are apart from him. And once we've been reconnected, it's not a separate, um, isolated, exclusive group. That's when we join him in this rescue mission otherwise known as the Great Commission, those words from Matthew, his instructions for us on how to go about being his representatives in the world. And we have the essentials of what we need to do that. The essentials are simply this, his written word, the Bible. We live in this privileged era of The full scriptures being available to us and in so many forms. And if we forget our Bible, we have within our pocket access to almost the whole world, including the words of the Bible. He's also provided us with his perfect representation in Jesus. The life and the person of Jesus is what we need to see what God is like. And thirdly, he's given us his holy breath, the Holy Spirit. These are the key essentials for what we need to present him to the world. So when we're doing that, there are lots of things not that we could focus on. But today I'm just going to look at three main ones. And the first one is our words. We see what people are like when they speak, if they're being honest and genuine. And the Bible says a lot about this, about our words and how we speak and uh, the power of our tongue. And there are many, many verses that you can work through in that area and how important it is. Uh, I've picked out four that um, will be on the screen. I just want to read them out. For out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths. Guard your words and you'll guard your life but if you don't control your tongue, it will ruin everything. Let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. If you've ever wondered how you can impact someone else's life, perhaps you could consider starting with your words, if you haven't done that already. Perhaps you can work through some of these verses, if that's something that you find hard, hard to speak compliments, hard to speak... Uh, words that aren't offensive, hard to bite your tongue. That's a great place to start in representing Jesus. Look to how he spoke. Our words can be a whole heap of things. They can be our own story. And that's our testimony of our relationship and our experience with God through Jesus. The power of our personal experience shouldn't be underestimated because it is yours. And there aren't too many people that will tell you that that is not your experience if you share that with them. Our words can be speaking specifically about who God and Jesus is. Sometimes we find ourselves in conversations where we can very directly talk about the truth and the facts that we've come to learn through the Bible about who he is. And that's our witness to others. And also our words can take the form of invitations to gatherings that focus on God and faith in Jesus. And this is something that you hear a lot here in our church because it's important that we don't just keep for ourselves the opportunities to learn and grow and hear about God and do that with other people. At this church alone, there are so many opportunities to invite others along. I've just listed a few. You would hear us refer to Alpha, often the course that is the perfect starting point for people who have questions about the Christian faith and you can invite someone to that and attend with them, support them in that and get involved in those conversations and those gatherings. We have amazing programs, events and support networks for children and youth, young adults, our seniors, all of our church family. There are plenty of gatherings that people can be invited to and be part of. Our Sunday church services, as we know, are every Sunday, twice a week. Connect groups happen in homes all throughout the week, and that's such an important part of us doing life together in smaller groups. Our Sunday church gatherings are an incredible time to come together and worship and be part of a big family, but then we get together in smaller groups and we learn and pray and study the Bible together, do life alongside one another. You can invite people to join us. We have special events like Christmas and Easter and Mother's and Father's Day. We have the Flourish Women's event and the Global Leadership Summit. And seriously, I could go on, but you get the picture. So many wonderful opportunities. And the great thing about inviting people to an event or a gathering, is you don't have to figure out what to say about God and the elements of faith, because it gets presented in some way, usually by someone who's prepared to do that. So as well as our words, we can also present Christ through our actions. We know that talk without the walk doesn't go far, it doesn't impress people, It quickly means that when we speak, we're not really listened to or respected. So it's critical that our actions line up with the words that we speak. I really feel that the overarching um, action here that we need to focus on is simply love. Because all of our actions flow out of the measure of love that we have for God and we have for others. And that's actually a really sobering thought, especially when it's put this way, in this quote by Dorothy Day. I really only love God as much as the person I love the least. For me, that was, I guess I'd say, powerful in terms of almost like a holy reprimand. Because there's plenty of people that... I don't necessarily enjoy being around or seek out and that's kind of how much I love God I guess if we're looking at it like that it's good to be checked sometimes in these ways if we want someone to experience something of God then loving them in some way is the key it's that choice to show care to others, whether we actually like them or not, whether we agree with them or not, to prefer others ahead of ourselves. It's really, really difficult. It is really simple for me to say that, and I guess we would probably agree with that, but it is a hard, practical thing to do if you don't feel it, but it's a choice, and that choice can be because of who God is, not because of who we are. Two weeks ago this was the topic of the message, uh, Love Everybody Always. And I don't want to double up on what Christy Misdom said in her message. And um, I would actually highly recommend, if you haven't, um, listening to her message on the Dora Vote website and really taking in the Love Everybody Always um, talk that she did as well as our words and our actions, we can present Christ through our lifestyle and our life choices. I think it's good to ask ourselves, is there anything about my lifestyle that shows evidence of God's presence in it? Because if you can't think of anything, perhaps you need to go back to the start and really question what is it about my life that makes me a follower of Christ or a believer in God or a Christian or however you want to phrase that. Because if we want our lives to speak to others about him, then he needs to be the most obvious thing about us. He needs to be what people encounter in some way when they encounter us, when they interact with us over a a transaction or whether we hang out as friends or we see each other every week at a sport event with our kids, whatever it is. He needs to be the most obvious thing about us in, in many ways. Christ followers aren't called to fit in. It is sometimes a very appealing option and it is easy to do that. It's like the default setting, I think, to fit in For most people, I know not everyone, um, but in a lot of ways, we fit in with our culture, sometimes without even realising it, even if we are a little bit different or quirky. But there are certain things that we as Christians, as Christ followers, need to be set apart for. We shouldn't look the same as everybody else in our lifestyle and our life choices. The Bible calls it being salt and light, making a difference in the world, living in the world, but not aligning ourselves with it. And it takes intention and deliberation and discipline to align ourselves with God instead. And discipline is something I find incredibly hard. It is not one of my natural strengths in my life, and that's just a reality. Um, But it takes a choice to put, God and your relationship with him above the other things in your life and discipline can definitely help with that. I could always use a little bit more. If we want to be like someone we would naturally spend time with them, find out about them, figure out what makes them tick, what they're like when it's just you and them and the same goes for our relationship with God. We need to spend that time We need to invest. Spending quality time with God and getting to know him through Jesus is what will realign your life. It's a gradual process. He's so faithful and patient with us. We take a long time to change some of our habits. Others can disappear quickly and sometimes circumstance will impact that greatly. Other things can take a lifetime, but God is there for the long haul. For me, it wouldn't be an honest conversation if we didn't talk about the times when we don't do any of this well, when we feel down, maybe depressed, distracted by our own life, our own activities, awkward in circumstances of sharing something about God, talking about Jesus, or maybe we just feel distant from God, so it's really hard to represent someone you feel far away from. And at times when I have struggled with this, I have probably taken on the feelings of guilt instead of turning that around and allowing God to help me improve in that area. And a few years ago, I came across some powerful teaching that has helped to change my perspective in this, and I wanted to share it with you. Our youngest son was going through a stage of struggling to believe in God. In fact, he decided that he didn't and couldn't believe in God and that the things we were teaching him, he actually was unable to accept as true. And it was hard for him because he knew that was a big deal and it was very hard for me um, to hear him say these things and be so honest and genuine in that. But during this time, I came across a concept that the name of God is the sound of our breath. And that even when we aren't aware of it, our breathing is a form of worship and praise to him that never ceases. And as we breathe in and out, day and night, subconsciously most of the time, we're actually repeating the name of God over and over. His name in Hebrew are the letters YHWH, and we verbalise that with the name Yahweh. And in that language, it's like the breath in and the breath out. Whether we know it or not, we are declaring His existence by who, we, who He is, we're declaring who He is by our existence. And it gave me such peace knowing that our son, even in the midst of his, most, uh, his biggest time of doubt and disbelief, was still a living, breathing declaration of God's goodness and of the reality of God's presence in our son's life, even when he couldn't accept it at the time. And then one day I came to church and Ben Fair was speaking on this very topic And I was just so overwhelmed by the beauty of of what God is, the detail and the intricacies of, of who he is and what he's done and how he's made us and made everything to work together so beautifully. And I couldn't help but think that in the moments of our inability to share him, that there's always an element of us presenting Christ to everybody always because our very breath is Christ who is the image of the living God, Yahweh. There are times when we have no words, no actions that seem appropriate or helpful or able to point someone to God. Sometimes we feel useless or a disappointment to the Father because of that. But his breath in our lungs remains constant in those times. And we can take heart that in the worst times that we have of presenting him to others, he is still powerfully working through us in his very breath. It doesn't change. That breath is everything to our existence. I think we know that. Without breath, we cease to be alive. Life is only possible because God breathed his breath into us. And Genesis 2-7 records the exact moment that that happened. Then the Lord God formed a man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And the man became a living being. That was the moment. That man went from being like a shell of dust and clay to a living being because of the breath of life from God. See, breath equals spirit. God's breath created our spirit and made us alive and obviously plays the most amazing part in our ongoing existence. When we're sad, we breathe heavy sighs. When we're full of joy, our lungs feel they could burst. When fear grips us, we hold our breath. We're told to breathe slowly to calm down. We take a deep breath for courage before doing something difficult. It's in and through everything our breath, the spirit. And words are only formed when our breath is ex- exhaled and air passes over our vocal cords. We don't know what's truly what someone is truly like until they talk. We can't see what's in their spirit until they exhale their breath and words come out. That's when we get to hear what's at the heart of that person. And I think God is teaching us something here about himself and it's something I find beautiful and profound. Because God also cannot be truly known until he breathes out his spirit into the world and his word comes out. Jesus, the very word of God. So we have to start with the basics. Breathing his praise even when we don't know it. Like the breath in and the breath out. The name of Yahweh. That's our beginning point. And all of humanity has that beginning point. But we aren't intended to stay unaware. We're meant to become fully aware of him. And acknowledge him as God and creator. Powerful in us. This is when we're able to breathe deeply and correctly, and then we'll be able to share that reality with others. It will be a natural flow out of who we are in Him. We share the reality of who He is in us. And just like correct breathing affects our whole being, our whole health and our physical functioning, also breathing with God, breathing in sync with Him, and his purposes affects all the details of our life. When that type of breathing is established, and we are deeply connected to God, then we are equipped outside of our own abilities to share Him and present Him in way, in ways that others will see. They might not always like it; it might not always be well received, or maybe just not straight away, maybe not at all. But he needs to be seen and heard anyway. He is the God over all creation. Allow the incredible presence of God in you to present Christ to the world. Look to his authority, not your own. Start with a breath. Remember, he is in all things. He has made himself known in Christ, and now through each of us, his church, by his spirit. You are fully equipped. Just breathe. Let's pray. Father God, I ask for your spirit to reveal right now to people what you want to come out of these words today. That as we leave this place, will have a fresh and new perspective on what it means to be your body your hands and feet your church it's not about being religious it never was Lord God help us be about you thank you for your breath thank you for your Holy Spirit for Jesus Christ in us thank you for your great love in Jesus' name amen